0: And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks.
1: And then going, going back. Yeah, I'm um, good. I'm good. I, uh, you know, had another uh, another night uh, at the studio last night doing game day highlights and game day final, um, which is kind of interesting because you do kind of get to sit and take it all in a little bit more than let's say when I'm on game day live and you know I'm kind of subject my my thoughts about the game are kind of subject to the highlights that we end up showing. I think a lot of times I go back and watch the watch the tape the next day and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. this we didn't show this. So it's kind of good to kind of get a, a broader sense of what's happening with all the games. But uh, but yeah, yeah, it was a pretty good Sunday.
0: Yeah, uh, no doubt. We're going to go through eight games that we dialed in on and, and touch on a couple of the other ones at the end. Um, but I'll start, as I always do, with the game I was at, which is uh, a theme that we have each and every week with the Chargers. I say it. It doesn't matter if they're playing the best team in the league or the worst team in the league. It doesn't matter if they're up 30, down 30. You know it's going to come down to the last possession of the game. And here we are once again. Uh, they run out to a twenty-four to seven lead. The Raiders starting Aiden O'Connell, who we'll get to in a minute, uh, making his first start. Uh, it just looked like everything was kind of going their way, and then all of a sudden, now you've got uh, you know you've you've got an offense that's stalled out. You've got a defense that is allowed a young quarterback kind of find his rhythm and, and work with Devontae Adams and, and get them back in the ball game. You have once again, which I know I'll let you get to on the on the coaching decision to to go for it deep in your territory, something that Brandon Staley's done a bunch of. Uh, yeah. All the complaints last week were about a uh, you know the play call, not the decision. So they do what everybody thought they should have done last week, and that doesn't work. We'll get to all of it, but my biggest my biggest takeaway uh, from this game was it gets lost the fact that the Raiders are playing a backup. But this is a Chargers team. Mike Williams, you lose him for the year. Corey Lindsley is on IR. We don't know if he's going to come back or not. You're missing Joey Bosa. You're missing Derwin James. You're missing a Gilman. You're missing JT Woods. They're missing their top three safeties. They're missing their best uh, edge rusher in Joey Bosa. They're missing their defensive captain in Derwin James. I mean, there was a lot of guys out of the lineup. Uh, It looked like Rashawn Slater was kind of playing through something. He didn't look like he was 100% healthy. And they won a game. So at the end of the day, style points don't really matter. You found a way. You won a game uh, without a lot of guys. And the buy comes for them right now. Uh, they're going to be able to come back after the bye, a Monday nighter at home against Dallas, which should be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, that's exciting, you know, to to kind of understand how shorthanded you were and then to also see some of your guys, you know, who were there step up, you know, like mm. Khalil Mack, who, oh you know, has gosh. your vintage from like, I don't know, five years ago, Khalil Mack type of performance where he was just unblockable. Now, again, as you mentioned, it helps that you at a, rookie quarterback mm-hmm. who is still trying to assess things and work through progressions and maybe just a little, a couple of beats slow uh, on getting that ball out of his hands. At, at one
0: point in cool. time, at one oh, yeah. point time, right? I did say during the broadcast, does he know this is not Marshall? You're not at Purdue and this is, you're not playing like a non-league game against Marshall here. Like he is just settled in there, pat, 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 sack, fumble. Uh, yeah. he, It just, the clock, it took him a minute to get up to speed. It, it
1: did. Now he made some good throws in this game, like the throw to Devontae. Did. You know, on that uh, what was that? That third down, uh, down inside the ten, uh, to give him an opportunity there. Um, you know, they made some. He made some plays in the game for sure. I mean, the first drive was nice, right? Uh, but the, you know, drop back and throw the ball thirty-nine times. You know, in your first start, you know, as a rookie, it's asking a lot of you. But you mm-hmm. know, game kind of dictated it. They were down, you know, quite a bit. Um, I, okay, so I, I'll get to I'll get to the point here. Um, on Khalil and Aiden O'Connell, and we'll kind of yeah. we'll kind of get in there a little bit because, you know, I I think we liked a lot of what we saw in the preseason for Aiden O'Connell, but, you know, you got to take into consideration what was he going up against. You know, a little bit more vanilla on both sides of the ball, things were a little bit simpler, and you know, you know he's got the accuracy, and so that that's mm-hmm. kind of what that's kind of his deal, but he's not really athletic. And so when you're holding the ball for too long, you are a sitting duck back there. And obviously Khalil Mack, who talked to Melanie Collins on the CBS broadcast afterwards, was like, yeah, number four was holding it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so so they really got after him there. I mean, they were seeing that and he was clearly teeing off and feasting on it. So uh, that was just kind of like a, um, that was a, a confluence of events there. You know, a young quarterback trying to find his way. And then Khalil Mack playing, you know, like the all pro that he has been in his career.
0: Yeah, a couple other things on top of that. Number one, I'd just as soon to see Aiden O'Connell the rest of the year for the Raiders. What are we doing here? This team is not good. This team has three players. Like When you look at them and you're getting ready for this game, I mean, we'll start on the sad side of things. Jermaine Illuminor is not an NFL starting right tackle. And yeah, he man. got worn. And I knew it coming into the game, I said, Tuli Polotu and, and Khalil Mack are going to be fighting each other to see who gets to rush over that side. And they got him for six sacks. But you look at the team, Max Crosby, elite player. Uh, Devonte Adams, obviously elite player. Josh Jacobs is a really, really good player. They have three yeah. guys. There's, that's it. I mean, this, this roster is not good. It's in bad shape. Um, and at this point in time, Jimmy Garoppolo is not your future. So you might as well just see what you have in the rookie here. Let Aiden O'Connell play. He got better as the game went along. He was yeah. able to adjust to the speed. He sped his clock up. You mentioned that deep out. He hit the Devonte Adams. Yeah. Uh, that was a, a really nice ball. He had a couple deep balls that were were good throws. Obviously, the costly pick there at the end uh, to Asante Samuel, just sitting there in a trap. But again, that I put that more on the play caller than I do on him. You're first and goal at the four. Run yeah. the ball four times and tie the game. What are you doing?
1: Well, he's also um, not really a sprint right player uh, to me. No, uh, no. You, you know what I mean? No. But, uh, you know, I, I get it. I get it. I guess you know you don't want to you don't want to change up too much of what you do, but uh, man, that's yeah, that's a tough one. Obviously, didn't see uh, Asante. I, I don't. I don't know how
0: much of this you're able to see. that. did you see the Tillery uh, late yeah, hit so on the sideline? I mean, what are you? What are you? Doing? What are we doing? Not Come good. on, man. I mean, it, uh, we kind of we eviscerated him on the broadcast. I mean, obviously, it's a Chargers broadcast. He's a former Charger player. Didn't yeah. end well there. No, and it, it was not. such an over the top. I mean, he's going to get a huge fine on that thing. It just it was, and you can see that. The, the, what tells you everything about that replay, watch it in slow motion and watch Max Crosby, who's the only other Raider in Oh, sight. I He's, saw too. He, you was see was him. So he just excited. puts his hands up like, just like, what are you doing? Um, just a dumb, dumb play. Uh, but anyways, the Chargers, uh, they get a win without all those guys. I think they come out of the bye. I think you probably have Eckler back. You probably have Derwin yeah. back. You probably have Bosa back. So uh, the reinforcement's coming for them. And uh, look, in an AFC where everything's kind of jumbled up, uh, they're sitting at two and two, kind of right in the middle of this whole thing. Uh, The next game on the list is one for you, Rhett, and that
1: is the Rams and the Colts, and maybe one of the more entertaining games of the whole weekend. Well, wait, hang on one second. Um, Just, just to quickly go back on the on the fourth and one. Oh yeah, yeah, we didn't do that. Go ahead. We didn't. We didn't get to that. So nobody gets delta twelve. Nobody gets delta twelve more versus a two than than Brandon Staley, and and he's going to go for it. He look, you got to appreciate the consistency, right? He's going to keep going for it. He's going to keep doing it. Um, you know, at, at some point. You know, you, you felt like at that point with the the bum finger and hand, maybe that wasn't the time for the QB yeah. sneak. Like you're worried about ball security there He too, wasn't right? good on
0: the QB sneak earlier in the game either. Uh, right. was not great.
1: So I wonder if the lack of success in those situations then has to factor into the analytics side of it, right? Do you have to plug that data in and say that, hey, look, we just haven't been good in these situations. Maybe even though the the win percentage is up there in terms of the situation, Maybe it's not the best situation for us. I mean, like, does that factor in in your opinion? So we talked to him
0: after the game and he was yeah. he was in obviously he was in good mood. It was a big win. And uh we brought this up towards the end of the conversation and it it was almost uh he was almost exasperated because I'm sure he just got grilled by the media and before he yeah. came to us on, on the radio side of things. And uh the uh he just said, Look, at some point in time our guy's gotta make a dank play. I mean, I I, I I'll keep answering these questions, but at some point in time, like we're giving you the opportunity here. We make a play. Um, yeah. And the interesting thing is, if you look back on it, last year against Cleveland, didn't get it. They didn't lose the game. This year, last week, <laughs> they don't get it. They win the game. This week, they don't get it. They win the, win game. the game. Everybody can point to the Raider elimination game where they went for it, I believe, yeah. on their own 18. But that wasn't the deciding factor in the game. There was a lot of game left. You know, you go into overtime. It didn't end up being the, the nail in the coffin, so to speak. So right. in some ways, their team, even though you're not getting it, the defense is, you know, has, has responded and stayed alive in these games, and they've been able to hold on. But he was almost exasperated with the word, like, guys, come on, come on. I, I won't have to answer these questions if you just get me a stinking yard. Can we get a yard uh,
1: and finish the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can understand it from that point of view, but you're also down your starting center, and your quarterback yeah. is, is a little bit banged up, and you wonder, you know, how much does all that weigh in? uh to the decision making fact uh process. And so we'll see. My guess is not that much moving forward. And we're still going to see those yeah. types of calls. All right. You no, said I don't that think Rams- I don't think that's going
0: to change. So uh,
1: yeah. that's it. Yeah. yeah. Rams and Colts, this was an OT game. This was a game though that the Rams looked like they were going to run away with early. We jump out to a 14 nothing lead. They're up 23 to nothing in the second half uh, and into the fourth quarter. I mean, it's a two score ball game and Anthony Richardson starts to catch fire. A little bit. And so uh, um, I, I'll, I'll start with with Richardson on the comeback, and then we'll get to my favorite part of the game, right? I thought he had really good poise in the pocket in the in the fourth quarter in this game. That's what I really went and watched. He had deep shot play uh, to let Pierce go up and make one. He showed some off-platform arm strength that you love from him. He was on time and some tight window throws to uh, Drew Ogletree down when they really needed it. Well-placed out route, dropped in on a third and four. Uh, the fourth and four, I thought was really good down the stretch because he kept his eyes downfield as he was drifting out of the pocket. I think a lot of times you'd see a player with that kind of ability look to run. He was looking to make the play down the field. Thought that was really cool. Uh, doesn't get fully around enough, but man, his like fully, like didn't get his hips fully square to the line, but with an arm, with an arm like that, I mean, it's just, it's like cheating. And so he was able to get another big completion to Ogletree there. So I thought Richardson did a great job. Figuring out what went wrong first couple of quarters, turning it around, and then giving his team a chance to win the game in overtime. Now, Hukunakua. Um, <laughs> what? It, <laughs> by the way, who drafted mean, him last week? By yeah, the way, yeah, you know, you're, you're, yeah, you joined the party. What, 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 so, we'll call you. Listen, you're like um, you're like Schrager <laughs> on the Cooper Cup bandwagon, you're just a little <laughs> bit late. Okay, okay, it started <laughs> earlier over here. Um, just kidding, Schrags. Um, so. Puka, 10, uh 10 targets, nine catches. I, I mean, he's just, he's got such a great rhythm right now with Matthew Stafford. Like so much so that he ran a deep in uh on his first catch of the game. I don't even think he should have been the read, but Stafford just wanted that throw and wanted to hit him. And uh it actually ball gets, he tips it up to himself, ends up catching it. Um, almost all of his routes and all of his targets are coming off deep, are, are in cuts, right? They're digs. They're, you know, an over route. Now he did ever, actually his nicest, his best route of the day was a, was a deep out. But um, he just finds a way to get open in the middle of the field. And Stafford trusts the heck out of him. And so does Sean McVay. And I think that's that says something about rookie receiver, man.
0: Yeah, Red, it's been, uh, it's been fun, just the way yeah. Puka Nakua has just jumped in and just continues to improve and continues to be, like you said, the focal point of the offense, which is pretty insane. But maybe the co-focal point, because in this game, Kyron Williams had a really nice game. You look at the stat line, uh, 25 for a buck three on the ground, two touchdowns, yeah. caught three balls for 24 yards. So uh, I always like to go back and see what the pre-draft stuff was on these guys um, as they're starting to really pop and, and come together. So you go back to the 2022 draft. Um, he was a little over 5'9", 194 pounds. He ran 4.65, so he did not run well. Um, I think that was a little bit of a surprise there and knocked him down the board a little bit. But when I look at my notes, uh, patient, stop, start, quicks. He said 91-yard touchdown versus North Carolina, if you question the speed. He can sink and squat and pass pro. He's excellent in the pass game. Slots, uh, they'll use him in the slot. Angle routes, exceptional. Uh, My comp form, I said that when I watched him, I thought he reminded me a little bit of Aaron Jones. Um, and you see a game like this and to me, I go, okay, yeah, I did. I, I see a little bit of that. So it's interesting when you go back and look at the pre-draft stuff and then, you know, it's just getting opportunities and now you're seeing him really run with that literally.
1: Yeah, no kidding. And, uh, you know, it makes, it makes you feel, you know, like the Rams knew what they were doing and sending yeah. cam makers on their way and they knew they had a young player. They wanted to get uh, more reps and he's done a nice job in the RB one role. By the way, I'll go back and, um, and you look at the last play of the game, which was puka's first career touchdown ends up being the walk-off yeah. winner man it's a tough deal right they go they're lined up in a bunch look two guys end up going with ben skaronic on the just flat on the out route and you can see yeah. kenny moore he goes like this to yeah. kind of switch it as the play is developing the other guy didn't get the too signal oh, and yeah, so puka's, it, it is too late at that point and puka wide open and it is a nice job to get into the end zone but again he's a he is a heck of a player
0: well, uh, speaking of heck of a player, I know the numbers yeah. don't blow you away in terms of the efficiency. That's not the type of quarterback Anthony Richardson needs to be. He doesn't need to be a 70% passer to put their team no. in position to win games. He needs to hit some explosives, which they were able to do, uh, finish drives, which he was able to do, and then and sprinkle in the run, uh, which he's done. So that's the formula. That's the type of player you have. Hopefully he grows into being a more efficient guy, but he doesn't need to be for you to win games. And it's going to be fun. I, I said it in the beginning of the year when I went out there, I said, I don't know how many games this team's going to win. It's going to be a good watch. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch Anthony Richardson continue to grow and develop. He's, uh, he, he's somebody they can build around, and I don't think they need to keep looking. I think they found their guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, like I said, I thought he did a really nice job in the fourth quarter when they're down, their back's against the wall, and he just finds a way a bunch of different times. So um, mm-hmm. that, was, that was definitely impressive. All right, let's get to the
0: next one here. The uh, the Eagles and speaking of overtimes, another overtime game. They beat the Commanders thirty four to thirty one. I want to start on the Commanders side of things, and then we'll get over to the Eagles here in a second. Uh, but yeah. I had fun going back and watching Sam Howell in this ball game. Uh, things that stood out to me: um, the poise, uh, the suddenness to be able to escape when he had to against a, a you know one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. Uh, we'll get to their pass rush here in a minute. Full field reads, working all the way across the field, getting through progressions. I thought the instincts were excellent. Throwing guys open, no no greater example than the touchdown uh, to send the game to, into overtime. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a big time, oh, big thing. time throw. Just threw him away from a defender. You say, okay, was it? It's kind of hard to tell. Is this kind of a, a kind of elongated whip route or is it a back shoulder throw? All I know is he sees defender on one side and threw away from him uh, just to uh, allow your guy to have a chance. But he made several throws like that, throwing guys away from traffic, away from trouble, climbing up in the pocket, extending plays, taking off when he needed to. I was impressed. I was really impressed uh, with what I've seen from Sam Howell, especially in this ball game. And then on the other side of things, you know that Eagles defense. Um, yeah, look, they gave up some plays. Washington got you get thirty points. You know, thirty-one points. You know, it's not something you're going to be happy with. But there's some wrinkle with the Eagles that that uh, they're adding to their mix. Their pass rush draws so much attention with their front four. There, so they they started bringing up the linebackers a couple times. They double mugged, so they get on the center with two linebackers. Then they also uh, had kind of a delayed rush with a linebacker because everybody's getting everything's getting fanned out. It's creating some seams, uh, and their yeah. edge rushers are just coming off the ball so hard, and it's going to force it's going to force a really really dramatic uh, climb in the pocket with these guys because. You're getting an edge rush that's collapsing. Jalen right. Carter and Fletcher Cox in there are getting upfield. So it's a real quick movement. And what you're seeing is they're saying, okay, it's like a trap. They're almost setting a trap for a mouse. And the linebacker is just closing up there and finishing. That's when they got all, I think they had three linebacker sacks in this game.
1: Yeah. Defense was rolling uh, when, when they needed to be. And so yeah. the, the other thing that really impressed me um, you know, is watching A.J. Brown go to work. On a, on a young corner, right? And Emmanuel Forbes on those two touchdowns. Look, Emmanuel Forbes is going to have a bright future in this league. I think we all kind of, we've seen flashes of that already this season. Uh, and well, obviously we know when he gets his hands on the football, you know, he can. That's an, egg bowl. That's, that an is, egg bowl. That's an egg bowl match That is Ole Miss, Mississippi State right there. And A.J. Brown showed him, all right, still some work to do here, kid. uh yeah. He got him a couple of times, and those were two huge plays in the game. You know, those touchdowns uh, that uh, Jalen Hurts, again, he is so good. He has gotten so much better on that deep ball accuracy, too, as he's, uh, he's continued to go on. So um, I, I, I thought that was good. Cool. Look, when the Eagles needed it, they go to a guy like A.J. Brown. Not everybody can do that in the league. Yeah, and, you know,
0: I'll just add this about the Eagles. This is where I'm I'm curious to see this collision course they're on with the 49ers. We said it before the season. It feels that way now as well. I don't think that they're going to get the style points that the 49ers are going to get on their way to that meeting. But this is a team that's just checking off win after win after win after win. It's not always pretty. It's close. They understand how to win close games. But when we compare those two rosters and those two teams, I think that Philly is a little deeper than san francisco i think if they show up and all 22 starters for both teams are healthy and that's what we see in the postseason okay maybe you can make a case maybe i lean a little towards san francisco it's close it's a toss-up but i think when you see the attrition that's going to take place over the year i think the eagles are better positioned to kind of manage their way through that just because of the sheer depth they have
1: yeah you know i was a i was actually just a little bit surprised though at kind of how well, at least, you know, for the most part, the Washington offensive line held up. You know, I, yeah. I didn't think that they were completely blown out of the water in this game, and that this is not the league's best offensive line. Um, but, you know, as, as we mentioned, you got the second level uh, got active. I think they still the got five sacks. They still got like five that. sacks.
0: Yeah. 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 So, but, but I mean, I, they hung in there and they, they you hung know, in look, there. That's what I mean. The quarterback gives a them a chance. The quarterback yeah. gives them a chance too. I, yeah. That was me. To me, the biggest takeaway from this game, if you're going to say, yeah. uh, you know, kind of play this out, what's the biggest long term impact of watching this game on tape? It was like, holy crap, Sam Howell's pretty good, man. This is not. This is not like, hey, that's a good game. Like, this is a good player. This is a quality starting NFL quarterback. Yeah. They can build around him.
1: Well, and just look at the the week to week comparison here of what Sam Howell has faced. Right, that I think we're seeing that Bills defense pretty yeah, good, really
0: good, really good. Right, yeah. Or
1: yeah, he, he had a clunk. Sam had a clunker against some four picks. But the Bills defense was messing with Tua Tungavailoa all day long yesterday. Yeah, and and so that was, you know, I know we're going to get to that game uh, coming up here in just a minute, but. That was pretty fun to watch. Sean McDermott's got that crew playing really well. We'll get to that here in just a little bit.
0: All right, this next one, uh, before we go to the break, I mean, I guess let's not take too long on this game because it's one of those ones not I don't think it deserves it. Um, but I will say this, as we talk about this Bronco Bears game, I, everybody's saying it, how could you not? But man, if you're a Bears fan, can yeah. you just dream on this moment right now, having potentially the first and second pick in the draft? Holy crud.
1: Yeah, and and you know what? It's it's kind of weird when, you know, Justin Fields, you know, arguably has his best day, right? Throwing the yeah. football, and you're going to be in position to take, you know, the best quarterback that maybe we've seen come out of the draft in a while. Um, so I went into the fourth quarter to really kind of under... I was trying to understand what the Bears were doing defensively. Did they change things up coverage-wise? Not, ran a bunch of cover, too? Uh, did they, you know, did they have an issue uh, dealing with the run? It, like, it wasn't... There was Anything glaring, the Bears still got some pressure on Russell Wilson in that fourth quarter when they were making that comeback. And I think I just kind of came to the conclusion I was like, I think Russell Wilson just had his best quarter as the Denver Bronco. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looked like Russ of old, kind of manipulating the pocket, keeping his eyes downfield. I mean, the throw he had to Cortland Sutton on the third and nine in the fourth quarter to make it a 28 21 ball game, it was like a 15 yard touchdown pass in the red zone. I mean, threaded a needle laterally in the window and then also layering it between two levels of the defense. I mean, it was as good a throw as you'll see on Sunday. And, uh, and like, he was a big reason they were able to, you know, make that comeback. Obviously another reason is, you know, Matt Eberflush decided not to take, you know, a field goal, uh, which would have been about a 37 yarder instead went for it when they were tied, uh, tied up at uh, whatever it was, 28 there, um, on a fourth and one. And, uh, you know, obviously they lose by a field goal. So. Yeah, not not ideal. Uh,
0: is that what you're getting on
1: here? I'm trying yeah, to pull one, up. I'm, one la- one last ahead. thing, one last thing here, because you know, you mentioned it. We do like to see, you know, kind of follow some young guys that maybe aren't always in the spotlight. Nick Benito, yeah. I think, is starting to come on a little bit for the Denver Broncos. I mean, he's got as, almost as many pressures this year as he did all of last year, and five pressures in this game, two and a half sacks in this game, and that strip sack obviously was was really the turning point for the Broncos momentum wise and and as it relates to the ultimate result
0: i'm glad you said that Rhett. because while you're doing that i'm looking up uh the get off numbers so you go to next gen stats and have all the the access to to get in there to all the goodies and if you just look at uh linebackers d lineman a uh, minimum yep. of 20 pass rush snaps it's interesting because you see you watch a guy with your naked eye and you're like god nick Benito looks like he can really get off the rock so let's yeah. let's pull up the numbers as i'm pulling this up i did not know where he was on this but it shouldn't be a surprise. Number one in the league uh is Miles Garrett. Point six. So got it. So that tells you first and foremost this there's something to this. Uh second, which is a surprise to some, unless you know that this guy's up there every year because he's got unbelievable anticipation. Uh Derek Barnett is at six point six six uh, with uh with the Eagles. His teammate, Josh Sweat, again, they preach get off 0.69. Yeah. Then you get Trey Hendrickson, you know, elite rusher, .71, Nick Bosa enough said, .71, Leonard Floyd at .72 and who's tied with Leonard Floyd, Nick Benito at .72. So it's, he's up like there that. with all of those top guys. It's 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 why I love that stat so much. It, to me it it's something that truly translates. It's one of the things with technology we've been able to get some new numbers and some new data and I think the get off thing is legit. I think it's real. And when you when you're in the same neighborhood is the Miles Garrett's and the Nick Boses and the Hendrickson's of the world. That's where you want to be.
1: And think about what that does to a tackle, right? When you know you're facing a guy with that elite get off, you're already like building yourself an advantage before the snap. Cause you know that, yeah. you know, that tackle is getting, is, is, is it's in his head, right? He's got to get, get out of there. there. And get set. Yeah. Yep. So that's, that is, that's a good, stat. I got another stat uh, discovery that we'll get to when we get to the Steelers Texans game, by the way, that I think you'll appreciate. All right, well,
0: uh, we're going to get to that. We're going to also get to the Bills-Dolphins. A couple more games here. We'll get to those as well as uh, Chiefs-Jets, Texans-Steelers. We've got a lot of ground to cover here. We'll do that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, right, Well, this next one, I think you could say, was the biggest statement made uh, from yeah. the weekend in the heavyweight matchup, the marquee matchup of the weekend, which was the uh, the Bills hammering the Dolphins 48-20. to 20. A lot of different places you can go on this. You referenced earlier about uh, the defense of the Bills, and I'll, yeah. I'll leave you that, that real estate because sure. I spent a lot of time looking at the offense on this one. Seven explosive passes in a variety of ways. Josh Allen, because he's such a unique player with his, his athleticism and arm strength, he does some things similar to what Mahomes does. In other words, like if you see pressure looks, a lot of times as a, as a quarterback, especially one with a, a weak arm like myself, it is. I see pressure coming. Back foot ball's gone. I've got to yep. get it out. The pressure's coming. These freakazoids just get depth and say that's fine. I, why would I, I? Don't want to try and hit a slant here. I'm gonna retreat like a son of a gun and buy some time vertically that way. And then I'm gonna. Then you're vulnerable in the back end. I'm gonna make you pay with a big shot. And that's one of the things that Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, these guys can do. It's such an advantage, man, to have a huge arm like that to be able to pull that off. Um, they did a nice job. On-schedule throws, bang eight, bang, right on him. Yeah. Uh, rhythm throw. Then you see uh, Josh scramble around, buy some time, hit the back on kind of just a scramble drill play, and James Cook ends up getting you a, a big explosive. Back shoulder balls, excellent. Then you have what I like to call a scheme winners, where you see so much of this now. You're seeing a lot of teams run that orbit motion, right? Yeah. So they're throwing that glorified bubble, and then they're having a lead blocker with the wideout. So now I've seen this in other games I've watched through the early portion of the season. You're seeing that orbit motion. Now you're getting the pump. You're getting the stock block and go, and you're just putting that corner in such a bind. He's sitting there going, "I've got to get off this block and make this tackle on this bubble that's coming my way." And all of a sudden, wait, whoa, wait a second, he just slipped me, and now right. he's up the sideline, and you're getting a big play. So you have all you know the ability to adjust versus pressure on time, big time throws finesse, you know, throws in terms of back shoulder accuracy. Like that's that's a skilled throw. And then you get this stuff, you know, game design winners. It's like they can do infinite amount of things
1: offensively when Josh Allen's playing like this. That missile to Gabe Davis on the first touchdown oh. throw. That's just so much fun to watch that and to watch that trajectory. And that thing's on a flipping rope, right? Yeah. And just right, right in there, uh, right where it had to be. I love getting stuff on going in this game, you know, and then watching him kind of build his kind. You feed him, and just he, he, you know, he continues to get better right as yeah. the game goes on and more difficult to deal with. You saw that on the the run after the catch on I think it was the second touchdown. I mean, it was just it was so much to like there. Now, here's the other thing: I think we we maybe forgot and need to come back to appreciating how good of a defensive coach Sean McDermott is. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, like, that's that that's his forte, right? And that's that's essentially what gets him. You know the Buffalo Bills' head coaching job, and last couple of years, you know he's had Leslie Frazier calling the plays, and that's still been a good defense. Leslie did a good job there, but man, I mean McDermott is rolling right now as a play caller. I mean he had two with Tungaviloa guessing all over the place in this game, mm-hmm. and I, I think their best, some of their their best plays was trying to find the get the ball to to Devon Achan. and uh, and obviously he had a hundred yard day and an explosive day uh, on the ground, but man, they they did a pretty good job keeping those deep explosive plays in the past game under wraps. And, I, and that's easier said than done. So I went back and watched
0: uh, the defense this morning and I spun through it. And I just wanted to see, okay, I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch all the explosives um, that the dolphins yeah. were still able to generate. And then I want to watch uh, how they got off the field defensively. And, and I'm like, okay, can I find something? Is there something in here that correlates between they're allowing big plays and yep. they're, they're limiting big plays? And I honestly read it. I thought it was pretty interesting. It was pretty telling to me. It was, it was quite simply linebacker depth. Like that was it. Like when they're linebackers off all that play action stuff, you step yeah. for the, the dolphins are just trying to manipulate you to just just either hold or just give me a little, just give me one or two steps, lean in, pause, just to create that gap, that distance between the linebackers and the safeties. And that's where they operate. That's where Tua lives in that area. Yeah. But when they were disciplined and just basically, and look, you're going to give up rush. Who cares? Let if if A-chan wants to run yeah. for hundred yards, that's fine. We're not, we're not playing downhill. We are getting out of there. Our linebackers are athletic. We're going to get out and we're going to, we're going to rally and tackle. You're going to have to check the ball down. You're going to have to throw it underneath our second level. We're not going to let you work between our second and third level. And the reason you do that is you get your linebackers, the crap out of there uh, yeah. when they got depth there was nowhere to go with the ball and and Tua was reluctant to try and really check the ball all the way down because people talk about the deep ball talk about check Tua lives in the middle he is yeah. the intermediate king that is where yeah. he is most comfortable and they just kill teams with those throws
1: they took and those, those turn away. into those 60 yard touchdowns right yeah. you catch it at 20 on and the then you dead run, run for 40 run.
0: Yeah, yeah you catch it on the dead run but to me linebacker depth that was it's the discipline of that too because your whole life in football you've been taught you see the ball in the belly of the back you are taking a step down. You've got gaps. You've got you've got responsibilities. Screw that, man. Get the heck out of there.
1: And then I think you, again it comes back to something I think we mentioned uh, first or second week of the season, but the uh, the roster decision from Brandon Bean to let Terrell, uh, let Tremaine Edmonds go get the big money deal elsewhere feel really yeah. good about Matt Milano, and then know you drafted Terrell Bernard who, who can really run. On, and and man, uh, that that is a really good off the ball linebacker duo right there with Bernard and Matt Milano. Um, uh, but yeah. yeah. Anything anyway, else on I, that game? I, I, think, uh, I think that pretty much covers it. But I think uh, for the most part, we're seeing, we're seeing good Josh Allen. Like, yeah, and yeah. obviously the one game, you know, wasn't great uh, a couple of weeks ago. But man, 21 to 25, even more touchdowns and incompletions in this game. So yeah. that's winning football. By the way, did I tell you, I'm pick, I pick up the tuxedo today. Got it? I, oh. uh, yep.
0: So we got all great. fitted. We got it all dialed in. Feel good about it. I don't know if I ever told you I ended up going bow tie. It was uh, it was a long oh, yeah. tie bow tie. Love I went with the bow tie. More formal. Uh, my wife's going to be wearing more of a formal dress at the wedding, so I said okay, the bow tie is more matching there. Um, I,
1: I appreciate that. Classic look, man. You're a classic yeah, it's guy.
0: It's got the uh, the tuxedo shirt which I never really was aware of. This one yeah. has kind of like this the circle. It's kind of like the, you know, it's kind of like the little circle okay. kind of Like a Chester. Yeah, yeah, like a U. Yeah, it's a definitely yeah. a U a U look. Um I felt like kind of. I kind of felt like I belonged playing an instrument on the deck of the Titanic. I'm not going to lie uh, with that thing. Well, on. but we'll see. Hopefully, so. that's not a metaphor for the yeah, wedding. No, that's not, I don't want to put that out there. No, yeah, no, no. I like he's nice, nice guy. We're gonna have nice. a good, good future. Um, all right, that was a little uh, side note there. Excited to get the tux though. Get that today. Yeah. Uh, excited Cowboys, Cowboys, Patriots, thirty-eight
1: to three. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, I don't know how else to say, just a beatdown, man. It was. It was. And again, the Dallas Cowboys defense back, uh, back to doing what they do really well, turning the football over. Um, this, this was not uh, an overly like, prolific day from the Dallas offense, which a lot of times you mm-hmm. think we see 38 points. Say you get two defensive touchdowns, you're in pretty good shape. Fumble, return, scoop, and score by Leighton Vander Esch, and then a Duran Bland, 54-yard pick six. He had two picks on day. So let's get into this here a little bit on Mac Jones. Um, he had a pretty good first quarter. Okay, he had a pretty good first quarter, made some big throws in that, in that and then things really started to kind of spiral and slip a bit after the strip sack uh, scoop and score uh, by Leighton Vanderush there. So, he, he, I mean, here's a two-play sequence where he, he starts to get kind of off the rails a little bit. He's got a second and 16. He's rolling all the way out to his right. He stops and then looks all the way back to the left. Okay, so he's at the top of the numbers on the right side. He then throws all the way back three yards from the sideline on the left side, about three yards beyond the line of scrimmage as well. So it's not like a deep throw. I mean, it is almost completely lateral, sideline to sideline. Really dangerous throw, right? Well, it ends up working. So then what happens a few plays later on the same drive? Rolls all the way out. This time, it's just to the right hash after dealing with some pressure. And again, goes all the way back to the left side of the field. This time, Deron Bland's like, "Uh uh-uh, not again. Picks that thing off, takes it to the house, 54 yards back. So, you know, you see some slippage and then things, you know, things start to to start to kind of pile on. Um, He's a little bit flustered in the pocket, I think. And and you mentioned with Josh Allen and Mahomes, you see guys with those big arms, man. They will they'll retreat and and they'll reset. Right. And then fire a strike. Whereas, you know, Mac felt like maybe a couple of times could have stepped up. In the pocket, set his feet, made a nice throw, whereas he's still retreating and then trying to throw it off the back foot, and that's trouble. Um, And then he gets picked off again by Deron Bland uh, on on just an errant back foot kind of throw. Um, It's actually, uh, he's inside on an out route on the second Bland interception. Makes a bad choice uh, there. But, I I mean, Deron Bland, by the way, has more interceptions than anybody in the league since the start of last year. Fifth round pick out of Fresno State. Can
0: I pull up my uh, my nugs on him? Because Please. he was well, I'll, I'll give you some homework while you're doing it here. What? Let me know what uh, what pick he was. He was my hundred and twenty first player. Was he undrafted, okay. Rhett? No, round five, pick one sixty seven. Okay, so he was my hundred and twenty first player. This is non combine, so yeah. that was you know one of the deals there. Uh, he was a little over six foot, one hundred ninety seven pounds, ran four four six. Um, Had three picks. I said an off coverage. This dude can really find and play the ball. He has big time, big (laughs) time pick six uh, with showing FBI and range. So football intelligence and range versus Boise Boise State. He can carry crossers. He's got deep speed. Um, He was like one of my true sleepers. Uh, You know, put him as my 121st guy without him. You know, going to the combine. That's that's
1: that's a pretty good. You know, that's a pretty good grade right there, Uh, you know, for a guy that doesn't end up at the combine ends up, which in, is kind know, of weird, too, when
0: you like, it's Absolutely. a it's definitely, you know, you're not going to be bat a thousand, uh, you know, when you're you've got Jeff Foster's job and you've got to collect these guys and, and limit it the number of guys you get at the combine. But, oh, sure, man, this guy's height, weight, speed and production like that's, yeah. that's yeah. a lot to and sell so- there.
1: I mean, it's like, you know, you, you got Trayvon Diggs, you know, 10 picks a couple of years ago, and now you got, you know, insert Daron Bland, uh, who yeah. again is is kind of an interception magnet. So I thought, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I, I don't know what to do if you're the Patriots. Um, you know, I think Mac Jones is still your best option, right? And I, yeah. you know, Bill Belichick's been answering those questions, but what's your best option to find productivity as an offense? I think it's, it's, it feels like it's more so on the ground that it is through the air, you know, just with the talent. Um, and I know they've had some issues along the offensive line too, but, uh, I I think more Ramondre Stevenson, uh, the better moving forward for the Patriots or, you know, Zeke Elliott too.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I went through and was just trying to pull up some Mac Jones numbers. You know, he's tied with, with Ritter with 10, uh, turnover worthy plays in the league. And, to me, I think that obviously he's got to own some of that criticism. I didn't ever think the ceiling with Mac was incredibly, incredibly high. But I wonder, I wonder if he just goes to bed at night and thinks, man, I was this close to being Brock Purdy. I was this close with my skill set, the way I can play with Debo oh. Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, oh. Kyle Shanahan calling plays, George Kittle – Christian McCaffrey, he's got to just sit there and watch those 49ers games and be like, Are you kidding me? They almost put me in that Lamborghini, and I got to sit here and I got to drive this old beat up car here in New England where we've got nobody that can win. I got nobody that can separate. I mean, yeah. I, I keep coming back to the same thing we said before the season started, and it's kind of like, it's a, like, you know, people, that's ah, kind of hokey analogy, but it's true. Like, what the heck, what jersey are you selling in that team shop? Like, what the heck are you excited about? If you're a Patriots fan, like I, you know, I mean, I'm coming off of a year, I'm coming off of a baseball season where i have been a Padre fan. They didn't make the playoffs, and I, you know, but I'm like, did I get to watch Juan Soto and Manny Machado and Fernando? Like, at least yeah. there's something as a fan you can get excited about and go watch. Like, who are you excited about to go watch a
1: Patriot game? You want to go pay all that money? Who you want to see? Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, five targets, one catch. Um, Hunter Henry was their most efficient receiver on the day. I think I think Pop's Douglas, Demario Dug- Douglas, is like the guy that's got the most juice on that team. Yeah, and you know he had a, he had a long forty-two yard catch and uh, early on, uh, I think on their first drive. But uh, you know, Mac throws the two picks. So, Bailey is So you are going to go.
0: I know, and I know they beat the Jets, but you are going to say you can go watch Garrett Wilson, Tyreek Hill in Miami. You can go watch Stephon Diggs in Buffalo. or You can come watch Pop Douglas in New England. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah. Look, I'm not saying it's a great situation, but yeah. I'm just trying to give you the best of the best of the bunch here. Whereas, like every single play, I mean, Stevens, and I'm saying run the ball more. I mean, Ramondre averages two two yards of carry in this game. Zeke two point seven. You know, yeah. That's nothing to nothing to hang your hat on either. I guess no. Um, anyway, so good
0: win for All the right. Cowboys. They bounce back. Uh, so good on them. But I, I just again, I don't know where yeah. the Patriots. The Patriots to me feel like the a little bit like the Raiders we talked about earlier, where it's like okay. This team's not good enough to win anything. So who are the building blocks that you can, you know, have in place to go forward with? And and you got to have some major, 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 major upgrades to the talent, or you you got no shot.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's kind of been building towards this too. Like for Yeah, or falling towards this. Falling, right? (laughs) It's been like a simmer, right, towards this thing for a couple of seasons. All right, what What do we we got next? You got the Sunday nighter uh Chiefs and
0: Jets. Uh, it was interesting, you know, going back and watching that this morning. Let's start on the Jets' offensive side of the ball because I think that got the most attention. Yeah, Rodney Harrison got a lot of attention Ooh. for it was a little, a little harsh, a little much uh, on yep. that one, a little over the top. Um, but I, I wanted to start with Zach Wilson. This Is his best game uh, that he's probably played as a pro against maybe one, you know one of the top three defenses in the NFL? The Chiefs are really, really good. Um, so that that was encouraging to see. Now. When I went back and watched it I still think he's late. I still think he missed some things where you've got guys, you know, you've got like a you've got a mesh route where everything is set up to pick and get the back out in the flat and the pick works and you've got him in the flat it's a walk in um and he he doesn't see it. So I still think there's times where he's not seeing everything great, but I thought he played more under control. I thought they took the training wheels off so to speak, let him, you know, just be a little bit more of attack mode. I think you can get into dangerous territory when you're just don't screw up 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 like you can't play the position like that you've got to have a little bit of a stinger and i thought you saw that kind of grow with him uh, as, as the game went along yeah you know the fumble i'm sure he'd he love to have that one back but on the whole i thought this was uh this was something he can he can learn from and grow from and, it, and i don't even know if i'm reading much into this but just just aaron Rodgers even just being around i think is a calming influence and it, again it's that all that doubt and you even saw it some after the game when they had the camera close up on him and he says this, sorry bro i you know i lost the game for us or whatever he says yeah. which is a totally different attitude than he had last year i think he's v- way more endearing to his teammates uh you know this version of Zach Wilson than he was previously long story short Rhett, he's not like to say that he's fixed no he no. still has yeah. a lot of he still has a lot of growth but i looked it up man he's 24 years old like this dude is still 24, and the one thing I would like to put to bed—he, he, look, he—that might be the best game he ever plays. He may be, he could be out of the league in two years. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. But yeah. the whole narrative that he was just one throw at a pro day, and that's why he got Come drafted. On. I'm Come like, on. just stop. Come on, just stop. Like the guy has elite traits coming out. Like he yeah. made ridiculous in-game throws. He's very yes. athletic. All that stuff's there. But if you were gonna say you know, what's a tough position to go on? Well, you're going to go someplace where there's extremely high pressure on you at that position, a ton of attention. You don't have a great offensive line when you get there. You're going to cycle through offenses and offensive coordinators, and then your confidence is going to be shot. And oh, by the way, you play in a division with Bill Belichick, McDermott, and then a Dolphins team that's had as much talent as anybody since he's come into the league. Like, it was a crappy hand the kid got dealt. All I'm saying is nothing's been determined, and this doesn't mean he's going to be good because he played one good game. But, hey, look, for one day, you'd be excited that there were steps taken forward in a, in a positive manner.
1: Yeah, I, I would actually kind of characterize it as I feel like he had his best, uh, his best eight hours as a pro. Like, when you talk about putting your eight hours in, you know, just like putting, putting in a work day. And that yeah. means, you know, that means your preparation going into the game, you know, your, the whole deal. And then it also means how you react after the game, right? Yeah. Because we've seen that go the other way, you know, with Zach. But I thought it, it was really telling to see Randall Cobb And Alan Lazard come up, come up to him after the turnover and be like, Hey, we got you, you know, like this, we can win. If you're playing like this for four quarters, we can win. We can back each other up here. Like this is something we can kind of feed off now and build off moving forward. It felt like there was just like uh, kind of a, a come together moment, uh, there for that offense and maybe, maybe they hadn't had, you know, truly. Um, in one of those tough situations yet. So I thought that was kind of cool to see. And then, you know, Zach stand up after the game, you know, obviously you gotta can't take your eye off the ball uh, on a snap mm-hmm. like that, right? You gotta make no. sure you secure secure. That's that's priority one. Secure the ball and then let's go play. And uh, obviously just didn't there and that ended up leading to it. But that final drive was kind of insane for the Chiefs. The amount of penalties yeah. that were called on that thing. And I think a lot of people are talking about the Sauce Gardner, you know, Kai, yeah, maybe by letter of the law it's a hold. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, you hate to see it on a third and 20, right. And there's a couple of different plays, a couple of, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is sitting back there for seven seconds before he ends yeah. up taking that open runway for the 25 yard scramble, you know, playing man coverage in that situation is risky business, isn't it? If you're, if you're the jets. So I'm going back and I'm pulling
0: this up because, uh, yeah, the, uh, the game in Mexico City in 2019. Uh, I'm down okay. there. It's Chargers Chiefs. Chargers Chiefs. It's yeah. it's late. Um, and Mahomes ended up with five rushes for fifty-nine yards with a long of twenty-four. And I believe late in this game, it was again another like twenty, maybe maybe that was a twenty-four yard run, but it was a third down, third and forever. And yeah. uh and he ends up he ends up just being fast enough and it's the last thing you're thinking of. You take away everything else, and all of a sudden it's like, oh crap. You mean to tell me this dude can run too? Um, and he and he does it. And he he's usually pretty good. If you go back and look at every big game that he's played in, he has one or two of these runs that extend drives every single time. He back has break. an innate feel of just knowing, oh, there's enough. I can go get that. And he goes and does it. It's it's incredible. It's it's you know, it's one of the reasons why. Um, you know, when I've talked to – I think remember if it was Gus Bradley or who it was. It was a defensive coordinator I was talking to about him, and obviously nobody says they have the answers with Patrick Mahomes. But one of the keys <laughs> was everybody says, oh, you got to keep him in the pocket. you got to keep him in the pocket. His, their thing was we're okay if he gets flushed out right or if he gets flushed out left. The thing you can't do is open up lanes where he can run sh- shoulders squared towards the line of scrimmage in the middle of the field because not only then do you have to worry about him running yeah. – but now he can access every blade of grass on the entire field like that. I mean, he's made some incredible all the way out to the sideline, to the right, maybe throw it back to the hash. But I mean, you sure. can't get it to the other sideline from there. When you're in the middle of the field, you literally have to defend from one sideline to the other yeah. sideline. Uh, but there were some they just had some creases and he was able to get up in there and then uh, and then you're in trouble.
1: Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's a tough spot to be in. Right. Because you you feel like if you're playing zone coverage in some of those situations too. Travis Kelsey's got the knack for finding the open window. Right. And and Mahomes gives him such latitude to do that. I mean, it's kind of a no win situation. I don't know what the right call is there. I just know that yeah. that was about as as, you know, free a runway on a third and 20 right up the gut, right up the middle at uh, that you'll ever see. And, um, and it obviously paid off for the chiefs, but, uh, yeah. I, take nothing you know. away from them either, by the way. I mean, it, it, that wasn't their,
0: that wasn't their best effort. That nope. wasn't their best performance. Pat didn't have a great game. How but about Pacheco they, though? Yeah. He, yeah, that yeah. gave him something, you know, that's a nice yeah. balance for him. And that's, I go back to the chiefs, you know, talking about the chiefs, I go back to what we said about the Eagles, just stack them, just, just throw wins up there. Um, yep. doesn't have to be pretty, doesn't have to be your best, but they just know how to win in those winning moments. Uh, they definitely pulled that off. A uh, last one, Rhett. This was, yes. uh, I feel like we've gone close games and, and butt kickings. This would be a butt yeah. kicking. And this was the Texans was. 30 to six over the Steelers.
1: I, and man, this was a lot of, this was really cool to see. And, you know, you had JJ Watt in the building going up in the ring of honor, TJ Watt obviously there too. And I honestly thought TJ Watt might give, you know, CJ Stroud and the Texans some trouble. You know, the offensive lines beat up uh, at the tackle spot, but. CJ is a cool customer, man. It's getting Mm -hmm. to the point right now where even if I don't select this game as one of our eight to talk about, I got to go watch it. (laughs) I just want, it's just, it's too much fun, especially when you can watch the trajectory of some of his throws from the end zone copies. It's like, yeah, it's a thing of beauty. It's like watching the NFL films like spiral, right? The close up spiral Mm -hmm. that they got in slow motion. Man, he's good. And look, I think credit to Bobby Slowick too, because they've got some real comfortability. He's built in some real comfortability with, with things that C.J. Stroud can do really well. Like They run a goal-line RPO that's a thing of beauty. I mean, it is just it is a simple read. Uh, he sees nobody in the, in the middle of the field here, pulls the ball out of uh, Damian Pierce's stomach, bang, Trust Nico Collins to get inside on a slant route, and it's like bang, bang, you know, no shot for the Steelers right there, mm. and it's a touchdown. Um, he's got uh, another RPO where he sees the pressure kind of developing before it even happens. He's going to have unblocked pressure. And then he's like, bam, I'm going right to Nico Collins. I mean, the ball comes out, right? It's just, uh, it's a lot of fun to see. And so I'm watching these throws, right? And, and I'm like, man, these guys, I mean, he is on, CJ's on the money, which, you know, isn't strange. What's, what's his superpower? It's accuracy, yeah, right? It's no it's question. Ball plays. We talk about it all the time. And, and I'm like, man, these guys are, are c- catching the ball and they are running. And I think a lot of times, you know, we'll use, you know, a box score to look for a trend that maybe you want to dig deeper into. Right. You know, you see a team goes, you know, two or 12 on third downs. All right. What what was what was going on? So we'll go look at those third downs. Well, this was the opposite. It was kind of like what you were talking about uh, earlier in the show. And I'm like, I wonder, I wonder what their yak was this week for the Texans. Yeah. Well, sure enough. They led the league in yak yardage this week with 178 yards. And and is that, is that because, you know, Nico Collins and uh, you know, and John Mechie and Brevin Jordan and Tank Dellet, I mean, like they're good players, right? Who have mm-hmm. the ability to generate yards after the catch, but a big piece of that is CJ Stroud putting that thing on the money. None more beautiful than the third and seven corner out from the slot by Nico with under four minutes to go. I mean, it just it doesn't get much better. And CJ Stroud is just dotting them up right now. All right, let me give you, I'll piggyback
0: that stat with, the, yeah. with another one. Third down. If we say third downs a money down, right? Yep. CJ Stroud on third down this year is 40 for 56 with four touchdowns, no picks. His adjusted completion percentage, meaning what his completion percentage should be, is yeah. best in the league, 86.3% on third, on third down. down. 86.3. Was-
1: DJ, do you remember my takeaway from the Texans game in week one? This dude was fourteen to sixteen on third down. Yeah, like, and they yeah. didn't convert every one of them, but like that's incredible. That's a w- that is
0: absolutely outstanding for a guy in yeah. his first four starts uh, to be to be sitting there, and again, not turning the football over. Four touchdowns, no picks. Um, he's been sacked three times, but they've had four drop passes on there. His completion yeah. percentage, I believe, is like 73%, um, but adjusted completion percentage would put him at, at 86%, which That's is incredible. stupid. Uh, so he is off to a great start, and they are looking like they not only have found their guy, but they've got a chance to, and we were thinking, maybe this is Trevor Lawrence's division for the – No,
1: they're vibing mm-hmm. right now. No, they're and ready to go Tomeco's right now. has got the defense right playing now. really well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So fun times, right, so fun Texas, times yeah. in yeah. Houston. Any any other uh, games you want to touch on before we jump out of here?
1: Um. let's see what did we uh, what did we miss I mean Baltimore Cleveland obviously you know Deshaun Watson I think that's really unfortunate for the Browns you know he plays his best game as a Brown last week and then you know unable to go can I argue back that that was outside. the best
0: thing can I argue that was the best thing for the Browns because you did not want I mean this is you don't want it DTR is. to go off. DTR comes in there and goes off, and you're like, "Well, yeah. wait, we're we're Deshaun Watson committed with financially. Like, right. we, he's not going right. anywhere." And all of a sudden, now you got a, every game like, "I don't know, the other guy I think is better than he is." Well, that was put to that was put to rest quickly. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, the other thing uh, I would say in terms of takeaways, um, the NFC South might be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers division, and yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know that I predicted it. <laughs>
0: No, I well, I don't think that division is decided by any stretch. The only thing I would say no, is Atlanta Atlanta does not look good. Um, that would yeah. be the other side of it. But uh I mean it's yeah. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be uh it's it's theirs to win. The Saints, I don't know what their deal is. And that's just uh that's a tough one to figure 13 out. That's
1: catches thirty three yards for Alvin Kamara.
0: I don't even know yeah, how that's, that's possible. Weird, one of the one of the weirdest stat lines. The Panthers, uh, they are 0 and four. Man, they uh they don't have Anybody uh, for Bryce Young? I feel bad for him. I know there's probably some times he held the ball a little bit long, but I don't know what they're supposed to do with what he's working with. The Vikings get a much needed win. Vikings sitting at one and three, but I still feel like very much alive. Very much yeah, everything's still in front of them. I don't think that division's you'd, you'd like away from to that. think so, right? Yeah,
1: um, so they'll be okay. This, this could really, you know, we we're talking about Bucky not being here. He's going to go meet the Jags. He was in you know London to see the Jags um, who get the win over the Falcons. Kind of hang on if uh, they're building a, an early lead. This could turn out to be a kind of pivotal point for the Jags, a two-week mm-hmm. stretch where they kind of get away from the expectation stateside where they were struggling a little bit, kind of come together on the road in London and play two back-to-back games. They get, if they beat the Bills, this, I'm not saying they're going to, I don't, and I won't yeah. pick them too. but that, this, this, you'll look back on this as being like a real pivotal stretch for Jackson. No doubt. And we touched on the
0: Niners a little bit earlier. I mean, look, McCaffrey goes Great off. Train. Bridge. I mean, he was on un- unstoppable. Purdy doesn't throw incompletions. It's it, again, they're on cruise. <laughs> they're on cruise control. Yeah. One, one incompletion. They're on cruise control. And I, look, that being said, 17 to 10 at half or sorry, 21 to 10 at half. At least the Cardinals are they they're fought, putting up man. a fight. They get us They're Yeah, they end up. It's gosh, what was it? It was 21 to 16 in the third quarter of this game. And they give up 14 in the fourth. So they're competing. They're competing. They're playing hard. They don't have the guys they need, but it'll be interesting to see what their timeline is with with Kyler. Yeah.
1: Hey, real quick before we go, be just because it's it's setting up that way, at least as it stands through four weeks, Bears with picks one and two. I know it's unbelievable. Are you are you a, are you a quarterback? Are you quarterback Caleb Williams, in trade. Marvin Harrison? Or Are you no? Are you quarterback Caleb in,
0: offensive tackle. No, I am quarterback and trade and get the farm for the second quarterback. Uh, hopefully, you don't yeah. have to go too far. Hopefully, there's somebody that's in the top five. That's that's Jones and for yeah, who that second you go quarterback down to four and is. Still get. He's yeah, going to get receiver. one of them or, the, or go the tackle. Yeah. You get one of those guys or a pass rusher. But to me, it's yeah. uh, never been more apparent. And Bryce Young is a great example of this. If you're going to draft a young quarterback, the early part of his career, every resource goes to offense. Apologize to your defensive coordinator. Yeah, We, we will try and help you out down the line, but right now we are going to just collect as many weapons and offensive linemen as we can. And we'll fix the defense down the road. There you go. Uh, but uh, yeah, bears, gosh, they're, it's it's the 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 best and the worst of times if you're a Bears fan because sure. you can you can have some hope and optimism. Man, first and second pick, holy crud! We could really get this in thing this draft. Yeah, oh yeah, It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, assuming all these guys don't just keep the nil money and stay in college. Right. Who knows? Right. Who knows? Um, all right. Well, uh, safe travels to Buck. He'll be back with us. Uh, I think maybe tomorrow he'll be back on the show. So uh, we'll have Buck uh, back with us and see what he learned over in London as he gets ready to head back to London once again um appreciate you buddy uh we'll right. we uh Makes we'll be back i'll see you tomorrow yep all right there you go that's it move the sticks we'll see you next time right here